0: Welcome back to today's episode, where Hodi Damastani comes back on the show. Now, in this episode, we're discussing how to create empathy when you speak to someone. Now there's a big distinction between feeling empathy, which is a feeling that we have in our own body, and demonstrating empathy, which is a way of allowing someone else to feel like we completely understand their world as they currently view it. The communication skill that Hodi taught me in this episode is unbelievably powerful. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. And don't forget that you can get my back catalogue of podcast episodes. All you have to do is search for The Gary Gunn Show. So first of all, welcome back to the show, Hoddy. Thank
1: you, Gary. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on board today. So I guess the first place for us to start is by defining what the term empathy means to you personally.
1: Okay, well, for me personally, it's the ability to create a connection with a client. It's the ability to create a connection and to build rapport, which is fundamental to any work that you do as a coach or a therapist.
0: So by being able to build empathy as a therapist, what you found is that that has enabled you to actually help people to a higher level?
1: Yeah, I think help people to a higher level, but also, I mean, there's some schools of therapy, for example, that believe that empathy is in fact all you need in order to create behavior change. That actually behavior change is not even about the techniques and strategies you use, but it's entirely dependent on being able to demonstrate empathy.
0: Wow. So... Could you just talk a little bit more about that?
1: Of course, but that's humanistic theory, person-centered psychology. So the whole okay. idea, that's the work of Maslow and Carl Rogers. And this idea that there's three attitudinal conditions that you need to demonstrate. And if you demonstrate these three attitudinal conditions in a therapeutic environment, then behavior change will occur. And that's all you need to do.
0: Really? So the three are
1: empathy? Empathy, congruence, okay. and unconditional positive regard.
0: Okay, I think... We'll shelve the other two for a later podcast because <laughs> yes, it yeah. seems like this could, this could be a three hour podcast. Let's focus more specifically on empathy, which I'm, I'm really interested in because we've had a few discussions before and, and you've mentioned that it is so powerful and so important to you in your personal life, but mainly as a therapist and your ability to really connect with people.
1: It is. It's integral. And I think a lot of and therapists don't spend enough time focusing on empathy. It's one of these words that we hear quite often, isn't it? But we don't really know how, how to define it and more importantly, how to demonstrate it. So empathy really is your ability to lock in on somebody else's internal frame of reference. So in other words, your ability to see the world as someone else does or your best attempt to.
0: Okay, so just a few things are coming up. First of all, I guess to be able to do that, you have to be listening to the other person to take in what they're talking about. Is there, I mean, you're obviously in a better position than than I am to talk about this. Can you describe how you go about creating empathy with someone as a therapist?
1: Well, I'm really pleased you mentioned listening, first of all, because I think that's one of these (laughs) things, one of these basic skills that apparently we all should have and all coaches should have. And I think that you can't demonstrate empathy very well at all, if at all, if you're not listening very intensely. So I think a lot of people's minds as coaches tend to drift away. And I think if you want to demonstrate empathy, you need to train your mind through meditation or however you do it to be able to really focus on what's happening at the moment. Well, the main skill that demonstrates empathy, the main strategy that, as I said, is from humanistic psychology is this skill called reflective listening.
0: Okay, that's a term I've not come across before. If you, I mean, I've heard of active listening, passive listening, but not reflective listening. Could you just define it for me?
1: Sure. So reflective listening is your ability to hone in on the core message that a client is delivering to you.
0: Okay, so once I've listened to what you've said, Uh, and I've honed into it, how would I, I'm assuming the reflective part is the next step. How do you reflect back?
1: Yeah, so, so first of all, it's the idea that any message has content and it has affect or emotion. Psychologists tend to say affect with an A. So it's being able to determine, well, what's the content of what's being said? But more importantly, what's the emotion behind what's being said as well? And your reflection, your reflective listening statement. So it's a statement to be able to hone in on the key experience, in particular, the emotional experience they're having about a particular situation
0: so is this almost the subtext of what someone's saying to phrase it a different way so we're obviously when we speak there's always there's always an underlying theme or there's an underlying emotion attached to what they're saying
1: not i wouldn't see it so much as subtext i would see it more as clarifying the key emotional theme
0: okay so i guess we should probably do a demonstration uh, how, how do you want to go about doing this so well, I can really put understand put yourself
1: on the spot as much as me okay. because what happens with reflective listening if you're doing it well and yep. you practice doing it and you've done it for many years which I have um, then what one of the skills the art of reflective listening is if you're rambling away sort of telling me about whatever it is you're telling me about that I can succinctly as best I can be able to hone in and reflect back in a key statement the experience that you're having so if you if you speak to me for a, for a minute or so okay. about so if you put yourself in the position it's up to you I don't know how you want to do yeah, it, yeah. I'm, you, I'm,
0: I'm happy to just deliver shall I just deliver a, a little um, something I'm passionate about? well I won't use the word passionate I'll just deliver something now and you can reflect it back to me So we can yeah get the I think
1: yeah absolutely I think it's particularly powerful when someone's in a state of ambivalence which is the very nature of behaviour change isn't it so okay. I, you know I want to change but I want okay. to do this but so it's the very essence of the work that we both do isn't it yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. as a coach as a therapist okay. I want more motivation, but I want more this, but. Yeah,
0: okay. So I'll I'll talk about, um, I'll just think of an example. So if I say, you know, one of the things that I would like to do is to get up earlier in the morning, Um, but what I found is that when I set my alarm early, um, often I just put it on snooze or I turn it off because I don't have anything specifically I need to be up early for in the morning. The other thing I find is that I quite like reading when I go to bed, so I end up staying up late and then that makes it even more difficult to get up early. But the impact it would make to my life to actually get up early and go to the gym at say five or six in the morning would be of massive benefit to me.
1: Being less conflicted with your emotions would be really useful.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess that's the response you want. Is if I if I nod exactly. and say yes, you've reflected it.
1: back. And sometimes it's not easy to hone in on the emotion. So I listened to what you said. Thank you for that. Um, but it wasn't clear to me what the emotion was behind that, and that's not your fault. And that that will that will come across over time from the statements that you continue to give me. So so I got an idea of the conflicting experience, the conflicting motivations you have there. But what I wasn't able to do, which if you can do is better, is hone in on the emotion. So okay. perhaps it was a, a, an emotion of frustration, maybe. Yeah, it was frustration. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I guess, <clears throat> so say, for example, could you rephrase your statement to something that, that wouldn't be true for me? And then we can, we can play that out. So could you say, yes. yeah, yeah, so say it a different way and then I'd see how I would respond. What would be a
1: different way inaccurately? or yeah, ina- it,
0: yeah, inaccurately. Just because I guess when people are trying to use reflective listening, a certain period of that, they're going to make mistakes and get it wrong. So I just want to see how I would feel when you completely get wrong what I'm saying and how I'd react. Okay.
1: So if I'd said something like, you really don't want to get out of bed.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a completely different response. I'm actually, I'm thinking no. And then I'm kind of going inside myself and thinking more about it. And then I'd probably clarify. I'd say, no, actually what I mean is this. So I guess, does that mean that even if you get it wrong the first time, the person you're speaking to will clarify it And then you can have another go?
1: Exactly, Gary. And that's the thing. You get immediate feedback. And that's what's great about this. So if you don't get it quite right, which you won't first time, the more you practice it, the more you will, then they'll come back as you did and say, well, no, it's not quite that. It's more this. And then they give you more information.
0: Then you have another go. Okay. So just so we're absolutely clear, is there a specific way of delivering a reflective statement back to someone? Is there a formula for this? There is
1: kind of a blueprint formula, but okay. it doesn't always necessarily fit if you can't hone in on the emotion, as I okay. could immediately. And it would very simply be, you feel dot, 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 because dot, dot, dot.
0: So you feel dot, 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 because dot, dot, dot. And that's it. So so if, so if, you're, if you're listening to this and you want to try um, reflective listening, you just need to follow that formula and you will get a different response from the person you're speaking to. exactly
1: so if i throw this back at you using your example you just gave what what would you say as a reflective listening statement to to what you've just said
0: uh i can't even remember what i just said so i don't uh, worry it's because you
1: were focused on yeah that's that's the problem it's not a real life scenario yeah yeah
0: yeah so it would be so so if i just give you can i just give you again just so we get this clear using your formula there um if i was to say something like um One thing I love is um, going swimming. I'm teaching myself to swim. And it's really amazing learning breath control because I'm, I'm finding that it's just making me feel more powerful and more confident as a person. So how would you reflect that back as a statement?
1: Swimming improves many areas of your life.
0: So it's literally, you're just making what they're saying succinct.
1: You're succinct, but if you can hone in on the emotion. So you could say you feel fantastic when you do swimming. Yeah, I do. Going back to your earlier one, it might be you feel frustrated because you can't get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. You feel. If you can do, you feel. The more you feel, you can do. Yeah. I mean, they do become a bit formulaic after a while if you're just parroting back all the time you feel you feel it's going to feel a bit robotic and they're going to recognize it but as in terms of learning it that framework really gets you practicing and honing in on the feeling because the more you can hone in on the feeling that is where the connection is that's where the rapport is that's where the understanding of their internal world lies
0: okay so a, a couple of things here um why is that important
1: because there's no more powerful experience for a client than sitting there and feeling like somebody truly understands where they're coming from. And this is overlooked hugely by coaches.
0: Okay. Um, Following on from that, why a statement? And the reason why I'm asking that is because in my experience of of communication and and teaching communication skills, often people do two things. There's one thing most people do, which is they ask another question. That's the standard thing that people do. Or... They revert back and start talking about themselves mm-hmm. they're the two things that i see most of the time when anyone tries to communicate so why would you make it a statement and not a, question? a question so
1: a question by its very nature is give me more information isn't it so i think questions do have their place but questions should come after reflective listening so once you've built some rapport you have built some empathy so the idea is from the client's point of view they want to feel understood. If they feel understood, then you can start delving and digging for more information. But as soon as you can, if you can demonstrate, I understand where you're coming from, the sooner you can demonstrate that and the more frequently and accurately you can demonstrate that, the more rapport you're going to build, the more you're going to create behavior change. So questions do have a place, but a question can't build empathy. A question is give me more information so mm. I can I can clarify and I can help
0: you further. That makes a lot of sense. So... Obviously taking your therapy hat off here, um, how have you you utilized reflective questions in your, reflective listening, sorry, in your day-to-day life?
1: Absolutely. I think it's a really good way of testing your listening skills as much as anything else. So, you know, you have to listen to someone quite intensely quite deliberately in order to be able to do reflective listening well or to do it at all in fact so so often our minds wander i mean there was a harvard study i was reading just the other day talking about 50 percent of the time our minds are wandering elsewhere when we're doing whatever we're doing and if you're doing reflective listening that's not great so it hones your listening skills it's a good test for you to check okay well am i really listening am i really focusing on what's being said here and if you can reflective listen then then it then you are
0: so how do you feel when you're connecting with someone? Because obviously, if you're creating, if you're, you know, if you're allowing that person to feel like you really understand them and you're, you're seeing the world through their lenses, how do you feel when you connect with someone? Does it have a, a similar effect on yourself? It feels amazing.
1: Yeah, it, for me, it feels it's very much a sort of physical feeling of, of flow. So it's very much I'm we're on the same wavelength. We're creating rapport. The more often you can hone in with practice and get a correct reflective listening statement and the client turns around to you and says yes that's it that's how i feel that's a very powerful feeling and of course you know of course it's quite reinforcing feeling as well as a coach it feels good to know that you're you're listening properly and that you have this client's trust and attention
0: so would you say then that there is a certain amount of precision that makes you feel proud when you get it completely right
1: that is a great reflection. Well done. Okay. Superb. <laughs> is that an example? Brilliant reflection. Yeah, exactly. So I, wasn't, you, I wasn't actually trying to do were, that. But that was a great example. <laughs> okay. See, that- naturally you see a good interviewer, which you are, a good interviewer will, will do this anyway. It will okay. reflect back. Because lots yeah. of times you see in interviews, you might get uh, um, someone who's been interviewed rambling away and a good interviewer will reflect back what they've said. And in particular, the emotion, if it's relevant.
0: Mm. It was, uh, was, it, uh, was it accurate Absolutely
1: spot well? on. So it does. Pride is a good word. That, it was the emotion as well, which I didn't actually share with you. So yeah.
0: The interesting thing about that was that I was trying to understand. I was trying to, in my own mind, make sense of what you were saying. And actually to do that, I had to really intently listen to what you were saying And I had to run it through my filters to say, hang on a minute, how does that make sense? And then I'm like, I'm almost saying it back to you to be like, am I getting this right?
1: Exactly. And the other thing I imagine you did is you probably thought, well, I if I was in that situation, if I was sitting where Hoddy's sitting and I, I said that, how would I feel mm. if I said that? Because yeah. that's probably how you got onto the feeling as well, Definitely. isn't it? You know, if I did that, how would I feel? And you'd probably feel pride. So, so that's another thing you do when you're sitting with someone and think, well, how would I feel in that situation? Yeah. And then the demonstrating the empathy part is through the reflective listening statement.
0: Okay. So I got one for you. So you feel like I got it really accurate then?
1: another good one Absolutely. yeah. yeah <laughs> and exactly. actually funny
0: because i can see hoddy's face change as i'm getting the statement correct yeah. so it's, it's almost like it allows you to feel like what you've said has been completely understood exactly so, yeah. re-
1: so for, as a coach it's really reinforcing it's lovely to see feel a sense of pride and accomplishment yeah. so you're learning a skill you're, you're practicing and mastering a skill so it feels great as a coach but more importantly the client's experience is fantastic and this is why uh, humanistic therapists believe that that's all you need. All you need is reflective listening statements. You don't need techniques and strategies or many questions. It's just simply sit there and just reflective listening statement. And the idea is the client will start to get realizations about their own behavior through your reflections and they will be able to go out there and make the changes themselves.
0: I can really see how that would work because you're You're allowing someone an insight into their own mind because you're you're reflecting back how they feel. And I guess a lot of the time then what they're saying may not make logical sense. And when you reflect it back to someone, does that often allow them to have the realization?
1: It does. It does. It gives them the clarity because sometimes um, it's a bit like when you write something down on a piece of paper. It gives it structure and coherence, doesn't it? If you've got lots of things going around in your head which is why I do a lot of writing exercises with clients. It's the same. If you have a coach reflect back to you more succinctly what you're experiencing and what you're feeling, then it clarifies it for you. It's like, oh yes, that, that is what I'm feeling. That's absolutely right.
0: Okay, so <clears throat> if we move this away from therapy and into, into, everyday, into the everyday man and everyday woman, when you are able to use reflective listening and you create rapport with someone, you mentioned that you also then begin to ask more questions. Are there certain types of questions that you would ask that allow you to take that connection and make it stronger? Or is it a case of moving away from a connection and into a different part of communication? Okay.
1: Having the connection and using reflective listening statements throughout is is, is important for communication generally, for important okay. and connection. But yes, questions are very important as well. and. Generally speaking, the open-ended questions, the sort of how what kind of questions so are. So how are better. and what? How and questions that are how and what allow for more richness of information than, than closed questions.
0: Okay. So how and what questions are good questions to communicate with people about much
1: more powerful questions, whether it be in a coaching or okay. therapeutic environment or just communicating day-to-day.
0: And what <laughs> would and be an what? example of bad questions to ask so fr- questions that start with what is that a different start is a why questions good as well by the way the,
1: the problem with why questions yeah. is you're more likely to encounter resistance you're more likely to get a defensive client well what, why did you do that well i just do it because i do it you're more likely if you ask a why question to get the other side of the argument they're already ambivalent they're already certainly in a the therapeutic and coaching environment they're already ambivalent So why do you do that? Wouldn't be as good a question as what do you get from that?
0: That nugget is really interesting. So actually removing why questions from your vocabulary would have a massive impact, especially if you're someone that gets combative responses from people often. And you often find that then that the the why questions are the reason. And actually, it could be someone who's actually a really nice person and they just use why questions and it creates that issue.
1: Exactly. I mean, communication is not an exact science, but there's certain rules and ideas that sort of make a lot of sense. So it's not that why questions should never be asked, but if you can turn a why question into a how or what question, you're, more, you're less likely to get um, a combative defensive response.
0: Yeah, I get that. And when I picture a why question, I picture a CEO asking his second mind, why did you do that? Whereas actually if you said, how come you did that? it's a completely different response you're not going to bring up that combative um, form of communication which actually i don't think many of us want
1: exactly and it's really interesting that your mind went to that imagery yeah, immediately straight away. that yeah, sort yeah. Of authoritarian sort of imagery and it's yes that's that's not the not the ideal basis for communication in most most situations
0: okay so in if you put your therapy cap back on now <laughs> now we're embroiled in this so you would you would have reflective um, listening which which makes sense to me um, to allow you to build empathy with someone yes and then if you're going to ask questions you want to be open-ended um, how questions are, are great when would be the correct time for you to speak and for you to offer some value as a therapist generally is there is there specific rules on when you actually speak or what you speak about
1: that's a good question again there's not specific rules but through practice and experience you have this idea that you want to explore first of all explore before you start delivering strategies and i think a lot of coaches don't spend enough time in the exploratory kind of phase so explore and examine understand the story a little bit using reflective listening there are different types of reflective listening question uh, comments as well actually reflective listening statements Okay. Do you want can me we, to tell you a little bit yeah, about Yeah, can we those? delve into those? Yeah. Definitely. So you get a balanced reflection. So a balanced reflection is on the one hand, you'd like to get more sleep, but on the other hand, you'd like to get up and exercise. I,
0: I love this. Actually, this is really good. Um, yeah, that, 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 these are, that, that's actually brilliant because I, I have recollections of when people say this to me. When you say that, it almost makes you sound really insightful as well. Like when you've said on the one hand you want this and you know, that makes me think, God, this person's really listening to me. And what do you do? Do you give the polar opposites or do you just reflect back what you heard? You just
1: reflect back. And you know, some people, to the untrained eye, some people think, well, you know, you're just kind of telling them what they already know. But the thing is, they don't already know it in the way you're reflecting it back. Absolutely It clarifies to them. And for somebody to sit there Rather than tell them what to do and give them advice, which probably loads of people have done, what you're doing is you're demonstrating, right, this is what's happening for you, isn't it? And they say, yeah, that's it. You get it. You finally get it.
0: In my experience as a coach, telling people what to do simply doesn't work. People get, to, I, I think people just get marked upon and told what to do so many times that it's refreshing not to have that approach. And it almost feels- I it's
1: a feels, common rookie mistake with, with coaches, do you feel?
0: I, I wouldn't say rookie. I would say it's a professional <laughs> mistake because I see professional <laughs> coaches yeah, making it. True. Listen, there yeah. are times when, you know, you can impart knowledge and tell people what to do if they are severely lacking confidence and they need someone to tell them. There's other times when perhaps your your metaphors and other ways of communicating don't get through to them. So obviously there are times, but yeah, as a general yeah, rule- yeah. Allowing someone to come to their own realization as a coach is the holy grail because then it's their idea; they're more likely to action it, and it just works better. So these are called polar reflections. Uh, is balance is it? reflections? Balance a reflections. Balance
1: reflection. So okay. Again, there isn't a huge variety of ways you can phrase that. Whereas with uh, pure reflective, okay. there is. But on the one hand, this; on the one hand, that. So c-
0: can you have a go at this then? So sure. can I? If I tell you, I'll, I'll explain something, and then you can give a balanced course, yeah. reflection. Um, so if I say that, um, you know, I, I love exercising, um, one of the, the, the issues I have is that um, I've really loved to start playing competitive sports. But one of the concerns I have is, is with injuries. Um, historically, because I had a car accident when I was younger, there's a potential that I may get injured. And as I'm self-employed, there's always that concern that I may not be able to work, which would be, put me in a real um, tough predicament.
1: On the one hand, you enjoy playing sport and like to do more. But on the other hand, you're worried about injuring yourself.
0: Yeah. And it's funny, even though I know what you're doing, and even though it's basic, I still smile and I still say yes. And that's something I noticed with you. When I reflected back to you, you also smiled. Yeah. It's like... It's good that you get that immediate feedback. You get a buzz. Yeah. yeah. And even though you I know did. I know what you did, it still works. That's amazing.
1: And the funny thing is, it, it is basic. It's straightforward. But actually, it's not as easy... Yeah to, it yeah, to cut through. Yeah, it's not as easy to cut through. you have yeah. to really listen and hone in. And yeah. as I said, where possible, focus on the, the emotion as well. On the one hand, you feel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite good. So always making sure you get emotion. Okay, what would be... You want the other one, Sorry. Yeah, what would be the other one? Yeah, definitely. So is that what you're going to say? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the it.
1: other one, I like this one, because this one is where you are deliberately amplifying what they're saying. <laughs> okay, you're deliberately amplifying what they're saying because you want the other side of the argument.
0: Okay, should, should we... Anyway, should we have a go? Shall I say something to you and you can amplify it? Let's have a go then.
1: I did one earlier on actually.
0: Oh, did you? Yeah. You ampl- oh, I missed it. So if I say um let's amplify something, um so I would say that um one of the things, in fact, the one thing that I love most in this world is doing my podcast. I'm an avid learner and I love educating myself. I think reading books is something that I've done for the last like decade of my life, but actually getting in front of people like yourself interviewing them recording it understanding your experiences for me just beats all of that and having that record online it's almost like um you hear the term win-win for me it's almost like win-win-win i win because i'm interviewing you you win because you're sharing your knowledge and the listener wins so for me it's a really like powerful um thing to do in my life
1: okay that that's great unfortunately for, for the amplified yeah. reflection, that's, um, that's uh, thanks for sharing that, the amplified reflection is more useful when you have someone who is particularly stuck in a particular area. Ah, so an okay. amplified reflection, there wasn't really anything to amplify there. Yeah, because I already amplified so, it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's not so much that. It, yeah. it's, if somebody has a problem, yeah. so for example... Um, sorry i should have said earlier yeah on. no I it's fine I, I enjoyed telling my story but, but it's, uh, anyway <laughs> yeah no it's, uh, i can see your passion and that's great so i think um so if somebody said i i have no i have no time to okay. exercise i okay. have no time to exercise so you could reflect back if you were doing an amplified reflection you would say there's not a second in the day that you could devote to doing any exercise that's powerful what would you say if, if you were that person
0: obviously i would say no that's not true a second yeah the interesting thing about that is that saying the word no is actually it makes you feel better than saying the word yes in my experience Mm -hmm. yes is quite a submissive thing to do when you did that amplification and i said no i felt powerful for saying no and actually in my mind instantly it opened up loads more time that I have.
1: What it, what it does, Gary, is it, it encourages you to elicit a motivational statement from a client, particularly, I mean, if you want to do a role play for this, which would be more probably a better demonstration. If you have a client who's quite, who's quite negative, who is just constantly giving you the one side of that ambivalence, mm. then you could amplify. So it, again, it's up to you whether you want to do this, but if you think of, something a client may be stuck with and can't see kind of any change and is maybe lacking motivation and self-belief that they're able to make that change do you want to do a role play along yeah those why lines? not yeah okay. yeah. so if you be a client along those lines yeah and i'm sure we've all met people like this at some point very very negative and yeah. just
0: yeah so you know I, you know i could do with going to the gym but the thing is i don't want to get injured i, I don't know anyone there it's quite expensive to go and you know, it just seems like a lot of effort.
1: There's not a single reason for you to go to the gym.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obviously there is. <laughs> there
1: and as soon, as soon as you do that, what you do is you open up the possibility to change. You open up the possibility. So I'm deliberately amplifying. Yep.
0: Sorry, that, that's just for um, from my own perspective here. When you're a coach, there is nothing more frustrating than working with people that aren't open to change and you, you, you are struggling to get through to them to communicate with them for them to become more open-minded as a coach if someone comes to you that's open-minded it's brilliant it's a wonderful experience to share together but when you have that closed-mindedness it's very difficult to deal with that so this is the, the exact term of this is a what did amplified you? reflection an amplified reflection so if you don't mind could you just go through the three types again sure if possible, explain as a therapist why you would use them each, like why you'd use it in that specific context, because this isn't just relevant to therapy. This is relevant to friends, family, work, everything. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely, absolutely yeah. on board with this. I think it's brilliant.
1: Okay. Yeah. So the first one is the general reflection, the general basic structure of a reflective listening statement. And you would use that to be able to hone in on the key message, the key emotional theme, so you can demonstrate to a client that I understand the world the way you do.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So this is your, your general go-to reflective listening?
1: Yeah, exactly. Perfect.
0: And is this, um, I'm assuming this is as a therapist, what you've honed most of the time in that type of behavioural therapy, is that the most... That's one I use
1: quite a lot Okay, there's a number of other ones, but that okay. that's one I think is the most important one for building connection, rapport, and empathy.
0: Perfect. Okay. And the second one?
1: second one is a balanced reflection. Okay. And the balanced reflection is particularly useful to reflect back the ambivalence that they're feeling. Because what too many people do is give advice and give strategies and sometimes all a client wants is for you to understand that they feel stuck and they feel ambivalent. So it highlights the ambivalence. It almost highlights the argument they're having in their own mind and have been for a long time probably.
0: Okay. Uh, I think what we should do actually, if you describe the last one, perhaps uh, we can give me a go at this. Perhaps after your last description, you could say a statement and we can see whether I I choose the right one just for a bit of comedy. Cool. Okay, so what was the last one? The last one is... The last
1: one is amplified reflection where you deliberately exaggerate what someone said. And you want to exaggerate it as much as you can without being ridiculous. That's why I said you haven't got a second in the day because everyone's got a second. You want to amplify it enough so that I have to come up with something positive or at least the other side of the story.
0: So just just on that point, actually, I was talking to a ski instructor last year who um, specializes in teaching children. And she was saying that she really struggled to teach certain kids who are really close minded and they're always like, no, I'm not doing that. I can't be bothered. And she learned that by saying to them, it's because you can't do it, that that actually created the motivation in them to go and do it. Is that related to the last discussion or is that something slightly different? Because it kind of opens them up but i'm not sure if it, it fits can in. do
1: I, I mean sometimes you need to be careful with amplified reflection if you okay. do too many of them yeah it's going to look like you're just not listening to me okay um, <laughs> okay and also if you do too many of them and you don't amplify them enough okay then they're gonna they're gonna agree with you and if okay. they agree with you then you think oh that's not i didn't point. amplify enough. so you got exactly exactly okay. you get it so the you know, impossible is a word I, I look for it's impossible for you to find a second in the day where you can
0: exercise I love it. Right. What we should do then, Hoddy? Um, so f- for people listening to this, uh, Hoddy, if you can just give a statement or a description, I will, before I give my um, reflection, I will pause for a few seconds so that the listeners can have a guess as to what they may say themselves. And then you can critique how well and whether I chose the right one and perhaps tell me what I should have done. Um, how's that? Right. Does that sound? Bit so of fun.
1: I'll go into the being a client then, shall I? Yeah, You're be a okay client. Yeah, just, okay. and
0: don't. Yeah, and I'll try and pick the best one. Uh, And then you can tell me how well I did or whether I could have used a better strategy. Okay. Seems quite a fun.
1: Great. So I just, my life is a roller coaster. So one morning I wake up, everything is great. I feel the day may be fantastic. I've got all these high hopes. And then the next day I just feel like I can't be bothered to do anything and life's a real drag.
0: So you feel like on the one hand, your life is exciting and going well. and On the other hand, your life's a complete drag. Spot on. Spot on. Excellent. okay Excellent. perfect and, yeah and
1: again if you you can use the same words that I do sometimes and again it's not an exact science if okay. you can paraphrase sometimes as well you can do that as well okay so yeah absolutely that
0: was good okay should we do we we'll do and yeah.
1: over time what you practice is making them more succinct yeah more, it's making them smaller yeah. but, I felt but, I could have got it difficult couple. sometimes yeah. and it's another thing if a client is is shared three or four sentences with you, you can't reflect all of it. So you need to be selective. What's the most pressing thing that I feel I need to reflect here?
0: Okay. So could you, could you give me a longer one now then? And I'll try and reflect back the most important bit. Okay. Okay. Really testing yourself today. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's, it's it's fun. It also gives other people, listeners, a chance to have a go. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So exercise. So I know it's good for me. I know I should do more of it. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I enjoy it. Other times I just can't be bothered. See, when I get home from work, part of me knows I should go to the gym, but I really want to watch Netflix. as this great show at the moment and, oh, I don't know what
0: to do. You're struggling to find the time to exercise. Bang, exactly. Really? So, so <laughs> okay. again, I didn't see, give the emotion there, but I gave every, the. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Emotion, experience, you know, can't always hone in on the emotion. Yeah, it's yeah. not always obvious straight no. away the emotion, is it? But you're spot on. And what you didn't try and do there, which would have been too ambitious, is try and reflect that everything. It was too much content there. Way too much. So, you thought, right, I'm, this to me, this to me seems like the key message. Yeah. So, it's a subjective thing, but with practice, you start to learn that within a sentence or two, there's a key theme there, and you reflected that back very well.
0: So how, how does this play out? I mean, when you're not in a working environment, but, you know, you, you've just met someone new you, and you're having a chat with them. You know, compared to what most people do, which, as I say, is ask questions and, and talk about themselves. When you're reflecting to people, reflecting back to them, how different does that play out? I, I can imagine this would make a huge difference to your connection with people.
1: Different from the perspective of the coach or the yeah, client from, or just general day-to-day? Just, just,
0: just general day-to-day, you know, utilising the power of reflecting back to people must be well it must be powerful to be able to do it
1: it's very powerful and what it does is it it will create and build empathy maintain empathy so it's what it does is it will have that experience of inner communication in an interaction people feeling so much more understood because we sort of talk at each other sometimes at different sort of levels and if there was more people doing more reflective listening people would feel understood a lot more and there's nothing more powerful than feeling understood
0: I completely agree with you. I'm just thinking on a more global scale now. What would be some of the um, potential issues in the way of people trying to get better at this skill set? So one that comes to mind for me straight away is if you're stressed, that would make it very, very difficult to listen to people intently. Are there some things that would, for you, that you've noticed, even for yourself, that sometimes when things are on your mind, they get in the way of your ability to do that?
1: Absolutely. That's a really good point. I think it it requires you, it necessitates you to be a good listener. And we are not good listeners generally. There's so much information fighting for our attention all the time, so much stimuli distracting us that what it does it has you had ha, trained your attention to be able to hone in on what's being said so you it teaches you to be a better listener but being a better listener is effortful isn't it so if you are stressed if you have stuff on your mind or if actually it's far it's far easier and far less effort just to selectively listen to people rather than listen to them all the time if you're listening to every person all the time that you communicate with that's really effortful
0: yeah something that i did um, in my life is I, I deleted all my, all of my social media accounts. Uh, I, I simplified so many different areas of my life to give myself room to breathe. And I found that my ability to listen to people went up, I don't know, it must be a thousand percent. I know that it's more than a hundred, but it really did. Mm. It went up and my ability to connect with people, I wasn't aware of these re- reflective statements that, we, that we're discussing today. But I feel like just even without that awareness, just being calmer as an individual has allowed me to tune into people more.
1: Absolutely, that's a key point. I think if you're going to reflective, listen, if you are focusing on your own stuff, then your attention is part divided between whatever's going on for you and whatever's going on in front of you for the client and that's not ideal is it so i think if you're going to do reflective listening in particular you need to do something like meditation have a pre-performance routine that calms you and clears your mind so your focus and attention is very much on what's being said to you rather than what's going on in your own head or your own body
0: so I'm going to ask you what your pre-performance routine is for doing that. Uh, I'm just going to share something that I do um, initially. I listen for silence, which sounds a bit peculiar, but um, I read it, I think, in Eckhart, Eckhart Toll book, The Power of Now, a few years ago, where if you listen for silence, actually you can't listen for it. But when you listen for silence, it shuts off your internal dialogue. So what I found when I'm actually not listening to someone, I will listen for silence and instantly i can really hear their words and they really they come into me yeah what what's your because obviously you know you're a professional therapist so you you must potentially go from seeing someone who who potentially has got some some really big issues and you're probably still processing that between one client to the next how do you shut off that to be able to you know reflective listen to the next client
1: good question so i think what i tend to do certainly breathing really helps me So for my body to be as tension free as possible. So i take two or three deep diaphragmatic breaths. Okay, and
0: you mean by diaphragmatic breath, you mean?
1: I mean, relaxing the chest and shoulders as much as I can and breathing from my belly rather than from my chest. So as I breathe in, I imagine my tummy inflating like a balloon. And then as I breathe out, slowly deflating whilst keeping the chest and shoulders as still as i can and that takes a bit of practice
0: and three times you do that i tend
1: to do that three times depending on on how much tension that i'm aware of that i have in my chest or shoulders or any other part of my body
0: and that's something that makes a profound shift in your body.
1: It does in my physiology, yes.
0: Perfect. And are there any other um So that, that
1: produces a shift in your physiology, helps okay. to reduce physical tension. So the other thing that I'll do as far as my mind is concerned is I'll just say to myself, and I imagine my tone of voice, but in my kind of my hypnotic tone of voice, if you like, from okay. the hypnosis, so I, I'll just say to myself, slow down, slow down.
0: Okay. And that's almost like a mental reminder to just calm. Yeah. It's grounding
1: myself in this moment. Three deep breaths. Slow. And I say slow like that. Slow
0: down. And you, when you do that, I'm assuming that it works together with your mind and your body simultaneously. Allows you to just get into a state where you're then ready to actively reflect people. Absolutely. Yeah, that's... It's super interesting, actually, just piecing everything together, you know, because the the reflective listening is one thing, but actually getting yourself in the right frame of mind to be able to do that is something different. Absolutely. It's a key distinction. Now, something that I advise all of my clients is to take the piece of knowledge or the piece of wisdom that you've learned today and to teach it to someone else. Because when you do that, it actually tests your ability and your knowledge and your understanding that you can actually... Um, A, do it yourself, but B, really understand it. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Absolutely. I do that all the time. I think it's great advice. I think it really tests your depth of understanding if you can do that. As soon as, as, soon as I read or learn anything new, I can't wait to go out there and teach it.
0: Yeah, exa- exactly. Well, Hoddy, I must say today has been illuminating for me. Um, I love it. I think that the distinction between the three are brilliant. I'm certainly going to listen back to this episode. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for being on the show. And we will certainly have you on again.
1: Thank you very much. Your reflections were very good.
0: Cheers. <laughs> odds. Since I've recorded that episode with Hoddy, the way in which I go about my day-to-day communication has completely changed. Even more so than before, I'm less worried about what I'm going to say next in conversation. I'm more in tune by listening to exactly what someone's saying and trying to reflect back to them. And also, this has also um, become part of my text messaging, So now when I'm texting people, rather than just replying how I normally would, I'm now looking at connecting with people better. And what I'm finding is that their replies are way more open and it's just creating a much better connection in my life. So why don't you share this episode with a friend as a gift? And don't forget that you can get my back catalogue of episodes. You just need to search for The Gary Gunn Show on the iTunes store or any podcast player.